Is she cheating or is she just talking nasty with people? I think that's cheating, baby. She killed her husband. Good morning, my loves. Welcome back to today's vlog. I want to kind of tone down my voice today because this is my cozy place. Hi, I'm here too. Gotcha. <laughs> I have you a mic. all mic'd up and everything. So I'm using this new lens and I'm having my, well, it's not a new lens. It's like a zoom lens or whatever. I don't know anything about lenses. So I'm having my fiance make sure that I'm in focus the entire time. So if anywhere in this entire video you see any timestamp where I'm not in focus, please timestamp it so I can just... I'm just kidding, we're in a healthy, loving relationship. Welcome to my cozy corner. I'm gonna let you guys into a part of my life that I haven't let you guys into before, which is the fact that yes, sometimes I am an intellectual and sometimes I read and dun 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 dun, you guessed it. My favorite genre of books is mystery, is thriller. Before I did like the podcast and before I was constantly reading about true crime, which honestly is kind of like a hobby of mine on top of just like putting it into all these videos, it is like a passion of mine. But now that I'm doing so much of it, I'm like, wait, I need something outside of this that I'm also equally passionate about. And I don't want to read true crime books because then sometimes it just feels like all meshed together. So I've been obsessed with me reading mystery books. I just want to put a quick disclaimer. I've read this book and I read books for ambiance, for like the feeling that it gives you, for the storytelling, for the journey that you take. I don't read books like I read true crime. I don't want to get every fact right. I don't want to like make sure that I know everything. I don't want to freaking, you know, pound it into my head to make sure I don't get anything twisted because these are fake people. This is going to be a book review slash summary. Plus I'm going to be making something. It's called cloud bread <laughs> so if you guys don't like spoilers don't watch this let's review the silent patient by alex i cannot say his last name michaelides <laughs> michaelides i read this book in a day half of a day like yeah. i would not put this book down it was probably one of the most reviewed most like shoved this book in your face of 2019 and finally i don't really like to read books that are so highly rated by so many people because it's just like it's like the popeye's chicken sandwich like the more you tell me i need to read it the less i know i'm gonna like it because it's so hyped but honestly it was really good so i'm gonna I'm gonna read you the first, the first fucking sentence, and that's it. Chapter one. Alicia Berenson was 33 years old and she killed her husband. That's the first sentence. All right. <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna what get started this? and I'm gonna tell you the story of The Silent Patient. So the reason that I got this book was because everyone says it is The Silent Patient. It is the woman who killed her husband and then never spoke another word. And that's so intriguing to me. So to give you some background on Alicia Berenson, she was married to Gabriel Berenson. And they're both very interesting people. She was 33 years old at the time that all of this took place. And they're both kind of famous. They live in London. They have this beautiful house in London. So you know that they're rich. And Alicia was a beautiful, painter she was an artist and she likes to create these like very photorealistic paintings where it almost looks like a photo but there's just so many things that are weird about it like it'll be a photo but it's it's the cross and there's a man nailed to it so obviously it's hopefully not a photo because that didn't exist back in the day when all of this happened to you know jesus and so it's just super realistic but she has these like weird elements all in her paintings mm -hmm. and gabriel he on the other hand was a different type of artist he was a photographer 
photographer and he liked to photograph women who were semi-nude and semi-starved it says in the book so very very skinny women and he would photograph them and it would just be in like some odd angles they never really looked that pretty but it looked very vogue like it wasn't like I wouldn't want that on my Instagram but it does look high fashion and so they end up getting married and they're just so in love and everyone's like this is the perfect couple ever and then she's gonna murder him obviously because there are no such things as a perfect couple so August 25th rolls around and in London apparently August is very very hot it's a very steamy month and August 25th happened to be one of the hottest days of the year and all of these neighbors they start screaming about it in the middle of the night because they hear multiple gunshots go off in the Berenson house and so they're like call the cops like it's a home invasion like some going down oh no we gotta save the Berensons so the police arrive at the scene and they find out that it's something much darker than what they expected it was not a home invasion it was not a burglary they found Alicia standing near her fireplace with a gun near her dropped on the ground with her wrists cut like slit open bleeding like she was wearing this long white dress just bleeding covered in blood like so much blood on her white dress okay standing like a statue and her husband Gabriel was tied up to a chair in the living room and he was shot in the face five times. Obviously, it wasn't as happy of a marriage as everyone thought that it was. So obviously, they arrest her because, I mean, it's not true crime, but it is true crime. So they arrest Alicia and she just won't talk to the police. She won't talk to her attorney. She won't talk to the police. She won't talk to her family members, none of her friends. The police cannot get her to talk. So the trial, they, they just kind of swing through the trial in this book. There really wasn't a trial. I mean, how can you have a trial where the defendant herself does not even want to talk about it? Like, she's not explaining, was it self-defense? Even her attorney was like, just tell everyone it was self-defense and she just won't freaking talk. Now, the one thing that she does do after getting arrested is they thought, okay, well, she's a painter, so maybe let's give her a paintbrush and like a canvas and see what she paints. And she ends up painting such a strange painting. Actually, she's completely silent? She's completely silent, not no. one word. Even if she's so incredibly uncomfortable, not one word to anybody, mm -hmm. completely silent. And so at first people thought it was shock. She was gonna get over it and in like a week or two she was gonna start talking about things right but no she absolutely wouldn't so they give her a canvas they give her all of her paints and she starts just painting away and mm -hmm. she paints this strange painting that honestly it was in a gallery and people lined up for like three hours just to put their eyeballs on that painting because I mean it must say so much right and the painting was her in her art studio which is inside her house she's completely naked yeah and she's really beautiful anyways completely naked dead in the eyes no expression, holding mm -hmm. a paintbrush and it's dripping blood, looking at a blank canvas and on the side you see like the small details are so strange because you see like this fruit bowl filled with apples and stuff like that but all of them have like maggots in them they're all rotting so it's just kind of a deep dark painting and it wasn't signed by Alicia like her other paintings it was signed Alcetius, which I think is like a Greek mythology, which we're gonna get into. It gets really creepy. So if I'm pronouncing it wrong, I apologize. And so the trial happens. They're like, obviously she's insane. She won't even say anything. And so the judge says, okay, well, you can actually go to a mental institution. We're not gonna put you in prison for the rest of your life. And if you end up recovering from whatever A, B, C, D, E illness you may have, because we don't know, because you can't examine someone who absolutely refuses to talk to you, then we'll let you go. So at this point, everyone in London is thinking okay so she got out of prison whatever the game she's playing it fucking worked 
So she's going to this institution. Now she's gonna sweet talk her way out of there, telling like the psychologist, like, don't worry about me, like I'm not gonna kill again. But even then, six years in that mental institution, still not another word. Not to any visitors, to the psychologist, anybody, nurses, other people that are in the institution, nothing. She's been there for six years six already. Years. Mm -hmm. And the entire book is kind of told through the story of Theo. Now Theo is her psychiatrist. He's actually a psychotherapist, so he's more of like the talking kind. He doesn't take care of the medications like a regular psychiatrist would, and so he's just kind of like a psychologist. Right, and he kind of writes from it. Now, the first way that you're introduced to it is that he has been reading about Alicia in the papers for so long. And the way that he frames it is that every psychologist has this one case, a high profile case that they read about or that they've heard about, and they don't personally know the person, but something about it makes you wanna be their psychologist. And for Theo, it was Alicia's case. I mean, something about it is just so strange, of course. You know, everybody's obsessed with this case. And he has always wanted to be her psychologist. Now, the only problem is she's actually in the institution called The Grove. And he works at the Broadmoor, which is actually a very real little like mental institution in London. So very interesting. And so he works at the Broadmoor. And so he gets so freaking excited when he realizes that there's an opening at The Grove. And so he's like, I'm gonna apply there. Obviously, he's not gonna tell them that he's there to talk to Alicia or fix and cure Alicia, which is kind of the vibe that we're getting. The vibe is very much so damsel in distress and he wants to help her type of situation. And you learn that even before he gets his interview at the Grove, that he's kind of forked up, which I always thought about, which is like, you expect these therapists to save your life, but what about the therapists? Like, do they have just like a squeaky clean life? Like, does that even make sense? And so he starts talking about how he got into therapy he had a really forked up childhood his dad never loved him he got some major daddy issues he used to do this thing when he was a kid which was like go out in london and this becomes important later it sounds stupid now but very important later he goes out into the snow and kept trying to catch snow and in his head he was like it's like catching happiness. Even if you catch it, it melts away immediately and you'll never obtain it. You'll never like possess happiness. You'll just have it momentarily. And he was like, wow, I'm such a deep person. I'm such an introspective person. I gotta be a therapist. And so he becomes a therapist. He even has a therapist for himself. So a therapist, got a therapist by the name of Ruth. <laughs> Immediately, you don't really trust him as a narrator. You're kind of like, ooh, like he seems like he needs therapy too. So this should be mm. interesting. So he gets interviewed at the Grove. They ask him like, what brought you here? He's like, I just love helping people. And he accepts a position at the Grove. Like it just breezes by. He gets the position. Maybe it wasn't a highly coveted one. It seems like the Grove was like on the brink of being closed down because they weren't making enough money. And so it didn't seem like anyone wanted to transfer over. There. So he gets a position at the Grove. Now his first day, he meets a bunch of people. Do we need to know these characters? Yes and no. I'm just going to breeze through some of them. So the first character is a guy by the name of Christian. Now he already hates Christian because he used to work at the Broadmoor and they worked together for maybe like a couple months and Christian was just an absolute douche. Like he doesn't really care about his patients. He's a psychiatrist. So all he wants to do is just fucking medicate the shit out of them. And he just doesn't agree. Like he just doesn't feel like that's how you treat them. So they find out that they're both gonna be working together again and they're kind of upset. And then Yuri, who's really popular, is a nurse. And he's a very, very popular nurse and he's actually the nurse that tends to Alicia on a daily basis. So he's like, oh 
it. Like, I want to get close to motherfucking Yuri because I want to understand Alicia. And you have Professor Diomedes, which, like, what a fancy name, right? And he is the leader of this institution. So he runs the clinical side of the Grove. So he is in charge of pretty much all of the patients and all of the therapists. So the first day he goes to work and he's like, listen, I want to help Alicia. And I thought this was kind of straightforward, but Diomedes was all about it. He was like, really? Like, I was actually her patient because she was such a high profile patient. They felt like I needed to be in charge of her. And so I was her therapist. She was my patient and she never said a word. And so we just felt like she's unhelpable. She doesn't want to be helped. And so he's like, well, maybe she doesn't want to be helped by you because you're like this huge authority figure. Like maybe if I go in there and I talk to her, maybe she feels like I'm more on her level. And so he's like, you know what? I don't think it's going to work, but do it like whatever, do it. And so he's like so excited and he's like, okay, well, on top of that, you're probably going to need her files. So Diomedes hands over all of Alicia's files. Now inside these files, we're going to find not much, but also some strange things, right? Theo gets a hold of all of her family members, all of their contacts, all of that stuff. And he starts calling them one by one, which I thought was very strange. And he starts reaching out to them. One in particular, which I thought was strange was Gabriel's brother by the name of Max. He's going to become important. And so none of them pick up and he's leaving messages for all of them. And the only thing that stood out in her entire file in all of this was the fact that she tried to attack another person, another patient by the name of Elfie. Now, the reason she attacked Elfie wasn't in the file, but she essentially tried to slit her throat. So you can tell that Alicia is um, something's going on in Alicia's brain. She doesn't seem like the most calm person. And so to his surprise, she walks in for the first therapy session and she She's like a zombie. She's so drugged up. She doesn't even know where she is. Her eyes are completely just glazed over. He's trying to talk to her and it's not even the fact that she won't talk back. I don't even think that she knew what room she was in. He just sits in silence with her for an entire hour and the next day he's like, okay, Diomedes, like this isn't working because she's so drugged up. We need to lower her dosage. And Diomedes is like, listen, I don't know what to tell you. Christian is the one that handles it. You know Christian, he's a little bit prideful. I can try to talk to him, I can do it. And so he's like, okay, thank you. Now, by all of this, it's already chapter 10. So I'm really breezing through my summary. So if you want to read it, read it. Now, by chapter 10, you find something very strange. The entire way through, Theo makes it sound like he's almost in love with Alicia. Like something about it makes you feel like, oh, did he start reading about her and then like fell in love with her artwork and then fell in love with the artist? Or did he always know about her and fell in love with her? It feels very almost romantic the way he wants to help. Like I probably wouldn't want my therapist talking about me or to me in this type of tone it just was kind of unprofessional and in chapter 10 is when you realize that motherfucking Theo is married he's married to an American actress by the name of Kathy she moved to London she's trying to make it big and she's like going to all these rehearsals and he's married and so they meet and it's kind of strange because he just goes on like a multiple chapter spree about how much he loves Kathy Kathy saved his life Kathy this Kathy that I mean all of it's just a little bit strange okay and the one thing is like he feels like Kathy is the only one that makes him feel alive and the only one that makes him feel like life is worth living so it seems like he was super depressed before he met Kathy and Kathy is just so full of life and she's spontaneous and she doesn't have a worry in her mind 
And he even phrases it like, Kathy will always say things like, I'm just like so crazy. But he knows after speaking to all of his patients that she's the furthest thing from crazy. Like she's just so normal. There's not a depressed thought in her brain. Like she's just purely normal. It's almost obsessive. Now you're thrown for a loop. Does he love Alicia? Does he love Kathy? I don't know. And then you're thrown for another loop because all of a sudden you're reading Alicia's diary and you're like, I did not know I was going to read her diary. You start reading her diary and she starts talking about her love for Gabriel and you're like, what the fork is this? Like if I was in a relationship, this book would make me feel so fucking single because everybody's just so in love with everybody. And so Alicia is like, I just love Gabriel so much. So she's pretty much going on about it in her diary. Didn't she kill Gabriel? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so you start kind of seeing things about her history that are very odd, that was never told from Theo's perspective. So when she was super young, her mom decided to just drive their car into a brick wall. Alicia, it has bothered Alicia for so long. The first being like, why would a mom ever want to do something so dangerous with their kid in the car, right? And then it makes you think, and it makes Alicia think, was the intended victim both of us? Was it just herself or was it just me? Like Alicia is just so traumatized from that experience and she even writes like how she never trusts herself around kids because she has her mom's genes and so what if she wants to do something so reckless and Gabriel's okay with not having kids she never wants kids etc etc she starts writing about how she has an exhibition due with a bunch of paintings due like it just seems like a relatively normal diary and then in the diary you also see that she's working on a painting of Jesus Christ so she's gonna paint Jesus Christ on the cross and she was getting so frustrated in her diary because something about it just didn't look good. It just didn't look real. She didn't like anything about it. And then finally she looked at it one day and realized she wasn't painting Jesus. She was painting Gabriel. And so she asked wow. Gabriel, listen, I know it's kind of like sacrilegious and like very disrespectful, but I want to paint you. Can you come pose for me? And so he started posing for her and you leave the diary by her describing how she tried to paint Gabriel's eyes but for some reason, they weren't sparkling in the picture like they did in real life. It gives you like this, is she crazy? Like maybe she is crazy. And then we go back to the institution. So we're done with her diary for now, but we'll keep coming back. It's like whiplash. We go back to the Grove and Christian meets up with Theo in the little like, um, like the staff room, I guess, where they have lunch breaks. And he's like, listen, I've decided to lower her meds. So he's trying to play it off as like he's doing this decision, not that his boss told him to. He's like, I'm deciding to do this because it's what's right in our medical treatment. And so Theo's like, good choice, good choice. And he goes, you know, but she's, she's awfully crazy. Like nothing in life is ever gonna help her. I think she's guilty. And so Theo's like, okay, thanks. And he claims that Alicia has bipolar disorder and that's why she did it. Now, now, Christian is going to become a big player later, so keep that in mind. So whatever, Theo doesn't give a f He's just excited that she's not drugged up and it's their next therapy session and she's not going to be like a little zombie. So she walks in, she sits down, and he's at his desk and he says, good morning, Alicia. And she still just looks at him. And this time her eyes are clear. It's not glazed over, but she's not saying a fucking word. She's not even smiling. She won't show any emotion. She's just dead staring at him. And so for the next hour, they sit in silence again. This is Theo's idea. He just feels like maybe he shouldn't push her. He should just try to gain her trust. And so this is the second or third incident where they've just sat in silence together. And then at the end of the 55 minutes is over, it's done for her session. He looks at her and he says, listen, Alicia, I want to help you. I need you to believe that. The truth is, I want you to see things for what they are. 
I want you to see and feel clearly. And Alicia looks up and all of a sudden, she jumps from her side of the table and starts choking him and starts trying to claw his eyeballs out. <laughs> I'm just saying, this be crazy. <laughs> they have like these emergency buttons, they're hit, everybody's freaking out, the whole hospital goes on to lockdown because a patient who is relatively calm is not known for like trying to attack like the therapist, just tried to attack Theo. So everyone's looking around like, is it because we lowered her meds? Like what's going on? Freaking out, right? And so he's like, what do I do? What do I do? He goes to the nurse's station. He gets all patched up. He had to get stitches. Like it was a fucking bad experience. Now at the same time, he goes home. And is his home life any better? Not really. So he goes home to an empty apartment. Kathy was recently doing all of these like crazy rehearsals. So she wasn't gonna be home for a while. And he had snuck in a bag of weed. Kathy hates weed. His wife hates weed. She doesn't believe in it. She doesn't like when people smoke it, but he needs it because sometimes his, his patients can be real wilding out. And so he starts smoking some weed and all of a sudden he noticed that her laptop was open. Kathy's laptop, his wife's laptop. And so he's like, you know what? I'm high. Let me just browse the internet. And so he opens it up and it was already open and logged into her email account. And he sees an email from bad boy 22. That was the email. Shut up. Bad boy 22. Oh and it's God. super sexual. I mean, they're saying some things that I cannot say on YouTube. They're saying some Fifty Shades of Grey shit. Like, it was kind of nasty. And so he sees all of this and he starts throwing up. I mean, Kathy is the love of his life. Kathy is the only person that makes him feel happy. She's such a light, whimsical light in his life. And now this bitch is cheating on him in their marriage. Like, he starts Wait, questioning. Is she cheating all. or she's just like talking nasty with people? I think that's cheating, baby. <laughs> and so he's really upset. He's like, what do I freaking do? Now the next chapter immediately after he throws up all night, he's still gotta go to work. Like work, you can't call off just because your wife's cheating on you, right? So he ends up at work and it's his session with Alicia again and she's just sitting there drooling, drugged up again. He's all like, listen, I just wanna talk to you. Let's be open. And you start seeing his personal life almost seeping in it kind of feels like to his professional life because he's saying things like i'm with you like you might not know this but i'm married too and i love my wife more than anything but i also hate her sometimes and there's a part of you that hates gabriel and alicia stands up and she walks out of the room so it's just weird because like why is she you did kill your husband but then now you're like i don't hate him i don't it's just weird and so then he goes home but instead of going home he decides to go visit his old therapist's office her name is ruth i mean she really helped him a lot and he stopped seeing his therapist after he met kathy after they got married because he really didn't need a therapist anymore he felt like life was amazing and so he goes to her house and she lets him in and they sit down and talk and he tells her pretty much everything and she's like listen you know what you have to do like you worked so hard to get where you are and you cannot live a life with Kathy like you know you can't you'll never get over it you'll never trust her and you'll be miserable for the rest of forever and so he's like okay I know what I have to do so he goes home and he's ready to divorce Kathy he's ready and he's about to say it and she walks into the apartment and she says I know what you did and so he's like you know what I did and she goes you're smoking weed again and for some reason he felt like he couldn't do it he couldn't confront her he couldn't divorce her he needed her and so she just got mad at him and they went to bed angry and the next morning she was like whatever fuck you you're smoking weed again right and that was it like he was just like okay love you I'll never do it again 
and he even tries to rationalize it by saying things like, you know, I need Kathy and my patients need me, so I can't break up with Kathy because then I wouldn't just be letting myself down, I'd be letting my patients down. So he starts saying all of this stuff. Now, the next day he goes into work and Max Berenson gives him a call, which if you guys don't know, that's Gabriel's brother. So this is literally Alicia's brother-in-law and mm -hmm. he's an attorney. So he's like, yeah, stop by my office, whatever. At first I thought you were a journalist, but now that I know you're her doctor, fine, come over. And so he goes over to his office and he's like this balding dude. He's really obese. He's just really unattractive. Like Gabriel, people thought he was an actor, not a photographer. So he was just like, how are you the, and then, and then Max kind of caught on to it. He's like, yeah, how do I look so different from my brother? I've been adopted, blah, blah, blah. Next question, next caller, right? So he's like, moving on. So he's like, well, can you tell me about what's been going on? And Max was like, nope, I don't know what's going on. Alicia never talked to me. I got her attorney, blah, 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 blah. And what we kind of find out from this is that Max hates Alicia. That's pretty much all you get from it, which I feel like nobody really blames him because she did murder his brothers and yeah. his brother comes first. But we also find out that Max was actually the person who received Gabriel's estate. His entire inheritance went to Max instead of Alicia. Theo thought that was weird. So the therapist is like, do you know why that happened? Because usually it's within the couples or their children, yeah. you know? And he said, well, Alicia had a lot of money coming from her parents that died. So her dad ended up killing himself. He hung himself and his entire inheritance went to Alicia. This is also, again, like what the newspapers were confused about because there really was no motive. There was no life insurance. There was no inheritance that she was getting. There was no, no like, you know, all of these things. It just didn't make any sense. This was one of them. And so he was like, oh, but I didn't know you were the beneficiary of his estate. And so he's like, yeah, yeah, we'll get over it. Another thing that we find out is that Alicia, when her dad hung himself, she actually saw a private doctor. I guess it's like something you do when you're rich, like you just go to a doctor's house, like, like a house call, like you don't go to the appointment or the office. So she had this private doctor, nobody would give up the name of him, and so he thought it was just strange, right? And he just wanted to get details from that doctor because he would know during Alicia's darkest times. I mean, she just tried to end her life, that's one of her darkest times and nobody would give him the name. Now, as he's walking out, the lawyer's receptionist, Max's receptionist, was like, wait a second, let me help you. And he mm -hmm. turns around, her name is Tanya, and she's actually the newlywed to Max. So Max just ended up marrying his receptionist, okay? And she's like, you need to talk to Alicia's cousin, Paul, etc." And so Max comes out and he's like, what are you talking about? And she's like, oh, nothing, honey. And Theo kind of notes mentally that it seemed like Tanya was scared of her husband and he wanted to hmm. know why. And maybe Alicia was scared of Max too. Just doing some renovation work. I got some stiff peaks bits out of Google it because I'm like, are you sure this is stiff? What if it ain't as hard as you need it to be for this recipe? <laughs> so this is pretty much a three ingredient, what do you call this, cloud cake? Cloud or clout? Why would I make a clout cake? Because you want some clout. So saucy. I've never met someone saucy in my life. So as I'm going to form these little cake mounds, I'm going to keep telling you guys about the motherfucking diary because the diary gets weird. So we go back now that he's met Tanya and he's met Max Berenson and he's kind of figured out like, okay, her dad died and she tried to, you know, end her life. She has a different therapist that she saw privately, etc. right? And then we go back to her diary. We realize that the only thing that she really fought with Gabriel about was 
was the fact that he had guns in the house. She did not like guns. She didn't want them in the house. They got into these massive fights over it. And he essentially was like, okay, like, don't worry, honey. I'll get a, I'll get them away from the house. And also, in this diary, we find out that they were ready to have kids. Like, he was like, do you want to have kids together? And like I said, she never wanted to have kids. But suddenly, she was like, yes, I want to have kids. So it gives you more doubt about this whole story. Because why would she murder her husband when everything seemed to be going relatively well? It just doesn't make any sense. Look at how fluffy this bread is. Honey, that's just egg. You don't know anything. So we're gonna form it into the shape that we want. I think I kinda like, like a little loaf. Now I got another thing, cause we're gonna make a pink one and we're also gonna make a blue one. So I'm just gonna dye these real quick and then let's continue. Make sure there's no air bubbles, but you don't wanna like squish it too much cause I think that's the whole point. And I'm gonna make another one without any dye. Wow, so pretty, huh? Oh, so that's the cloud. Yeah. You form it, that's the shape of the cloud. Yeah, it's cloud bread and it's fluffy, delicious, amazing. I've never had it before, but I heard. <laughs> this one, we're gonna add some aluminum foil. Why am I so freaking happy about this cloud bread? Now you're gonna get some food coloring. And again, we're gonna fold. We're gonna squirt some of this shit in here. So we're gonna fold in the dye. I don't wanna overwork this dough. You never wanna overwork the dough. So if yeah, it's streaky, it. it's streaky. It'll be okay. And place this little loaf here. Oh my gosh, that might be too dark. Okay, so we're just gonna fold this, okay? Oh, the blue is fancy. Oh my God, musician. Sorry, sorry, stick them in the oven for 25 minutes. Okay, so where were we? So really the only thing that they fight about is the fact that they have guns in the house, she's not really a gun rights believer, etc., etc. and now they wanna have kids together. And then now we go back to Theo's freaking wife, his cheating wife Kathy and he starts kind of picking up things about Kathy and he starts noticing that wow she's not the person that I thought she was she's not as great as I thought she was what a shocker marriage will do that to you and so he starts picking up on these little hints and cues and she's like I'm gonna be working late tonight and he's all suspicious and one day she's like you know I may not even be home tonight because I need to go pick up my friend from the airport do, do you remember her Nicole and so he's like Nicole I know Nicole yeah and so she's like anyways she's in town and picking her from the airport I might go to her hotel we might have some glasses of wine just don't be alarmed if I don't make it home and so he's like well that's very alarming but he's like sure thing honey and he decides to do something that literally every single freaking therapist will tell you not to do follows her he's like I'm gonna follow her I'm gonna go see who she's hanging out with go see who's around the block and so he follows her to like this little designated spot and she's on the phone and she's Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline looking all cute and shit, right? And he's watching from a storefront window and he's staring at her. And she's like antsy, she's looking around, she's on her phone and she hangs up and she's looking around. And all of a sudden, Nicole appears. And so she did tell the truth. 
it was the truth. Oh. And so now he starts really second guessing himself. He's like, does none of this make sense? Like, did I was I so high that night when I read those emails that I didn't even think that that was really happening? Like, did I fake these emails in my head? And the ultimate question was, why did he feel slightly disappointed that it wasn't someone like he didn't catch her in the act of something He's disappointed. like there was just a slight feeling of disappointment he decides you know what this is my shitty pers personal life let me go back to my professional life and then in the next chapter we see that he's going to the gallery that all of alicia's paintings are held in and he meets jean felix now jean felix is we're just gonna call him fucking felix okay felix is the gallery owner he's like this really tall buff dude he's very very attractive got an amazing british accent so i heard through the book and he was also Alicia's best friend and so he was devastated by the news he just was so upset he loves Alicia's paintings he loves her art and he doesn't seem to have a good relationship with Gabriel he always said listen I can't even tell you much Theo you're the psychiatrist I can't even tell you much about their relationship because Gabriel hated me since day one I don't even know why I don't even know why right and Theo's like well probably because it seems like you're into Alicia but he didn't say that and so he's like anyways can I see Alcides the last painting that she ever drew right after her you know murder and everything and so he looks at it and the way that Felix is looking at the painting is when mm -hmm. Theo realized Felix Alicia's best friend never loved Alicia like that he only loved her art the way that he looks at her art is so interesting it's almost like he wants to own her talent not her it's not like he wants to date her it's not that he wants to be her best friend mm -hmm. he just wants all of her art People He's so in love with the art. And so it was just a little bit kind of um, off-putting, right? Mm -hmm. And so he leaves the gallery. And because John Felix was talking so much about the book, and even he was saying, you know, it's like a Greek mythology. I don't even understand it, right? He went to the local library and he picked up the Greek myth of Alcestis or whatever her name is, right? And this is the full story of what happened. Now, if you are into Greek mythology, please leave it in the comments if this is correct. But what they said happened to her was that she has a husband, and we're going to call him Addy because it's like Admetus or something, right? We're right. gonna call him Adam, okay? Now her husband, he had been condemned to death. A Greek god flew in like this and was like, you motherfucker are gonna die, right? And they said, but here's the catch. If you can find anybody else who will die for you, you don't have to die anymore. And so he's like, yes! So Adam ran into town. Adam ran to his dad and was like, daddy, you won't die for me? And his daddy was like, no boo. And so then... <laughs> No boo. <laughs> no boo. And so then he runs to his mom and he's like, Mommy, you won't die for me? And she's like, No boo. And then it was finally the day. He was going to be sent to Hades. He was going to die, right? And then all of a sudden his wife was like, No. His wife is Alcestis, by the way. She goes, No, I'll die for you, right? Now, in the Greek mythology itself, there's this inkling that she thought that her husband would be the courageous man that she believed him to be and would do something like, No, honey, you can never take me, right? Yeah. But he just said, <laughs> and so she ended up going to Hades. Now, on her way to hell, Hades, Hercules comes and Hercules saves her and Aww. brings her back and presents her to Adam, right? And Adam's so happy. He's crying, my baby, my baby's back. She's back, right? And she's just kind of standing there. And she never spoke another word. And he would even, Adam would even ask Hercules at the end of the book, like, my wife, yes, she stands there. She's with me, but why will she not speak? And Hercules kind of gives him a look and leaves. And it's up to the reader to interpret why his wife will never speak again. Now, I mean, it's kind of like 
maybe it's just disgusting. Like maybe you think your husband all that in a bag of chips and suddenly he's like, you gonna die for me? Okay, right? And so he's like, now this is interesting. He asked John Felix if he has all of her art supplies and sure enough, he owns all of Alicia's blank canvases, all of her paintings, all of her undone work, all of her oil paints, etc. And so he goes, if I can get the hospital to give her free time to paint, can I get those from you? And he says, as long as I get any finished artwork, you can have all of her art supplies. And so again, it's just kind of like very off-putting. And so he runs to Diomedes. He's like, please boss, let this happen. She needs to paint. If she can paint, I know I can get through to her. And so he allows it. They find this quiet room in the middle of the mental institution and they bring out the canvases. They bring out the oil paints. She had to mix all of her paint with paintbrushes because all of her paint knives were, you know, taken away immediately when they arrived mm -hmm. on the premises. And so she's just so happy and she immediately just non-stop painting. She had to be pulled away from her painting till the next day because she just, she went into her artist's zone. She forgot that he was standing there. He, she forgot Theo was there. She forgot her nurse Yuri was standing there. She just went in. And a couple days later, finally, the final painting was unveiled. And it was very odd. It was a burning building. Now, the burning building had two survivors. And the burning building was obviously a depiction of the growth, the mental institution. Mm. And out of the flames came Theo, the psychiatrist, holding Alicia in his arms. Now, what's odd is because of the way that it was painted and the direction, it didn't look like he was holding her out from the flames, like walking towards whoever was painting it, you know, like had saved her. It's almost like you can't tell if he's saving her or throwing her into the flames. It's just kind of like open for interpretation. Is he evil or is he great? But definitely it was Theo. It was nobody else but Theo. He's kind of off put by this. It's kind of strange. Everyone thinks it's kind of nice, but there's this inkling that he feels like it's slightly why, why manipulative. Do, why do people think it's nice? Because, you know, maybe this is the first therapist she's connecting with, but he he has this inkling that it's a lot deeper than that. It almost feels manipulative. It almost feels like she's saying, save me, you know, like do it. Like I was just waiting for the weak therapist to come along and fight for my release. It just oh. feels like this is her way of getting him to play into her cards. And maybe her cards is to get released. A couple days pass and there's this person who's demanding to get into the visiting room. And she she's a California woman she's got this blonde hair she's in her 60s I mean just like super Beverly Hills housewife and he's like who the hell is this woman and she's like are you kidding me I am Alicia's best friend I'll have you notice that and she's talking to the receptionist and he's like I'll take it from here like what's your name and she's like my name's Barbie and so they start talking come to find out Barbie is Alicia's neighbor and she still resides in the house right next to the house that Gabriel was murdered in right and so she's like, anyways, if you'd love to chat, you can come over. And so he gets invited over to Barbie's. He prances his way to Barbie's and she sits down. I mean, she just talks and talks and talks and talks. And he's just filtering it all out until she says, you know, I knew that when she started talking about that man and he's like, what man? Mm -hmm. And she's like, well, the man that was following her, you didn't know about that. And he's like, there was a man following her. And she goes, yeah, I have a picture on my phone. It's like a shadow. And so she shows him the picture and goes, see, see right there behind the tree. 
the man was following her. But all he could see was kind of like a shadow. Like, I guess if you like heard the story, this is a man behind a tree, you could say, that's a man behind a tree. But if you didn't hear it, it almost looks like the tree's shadow. Like, it just doesn't really look like a man behind a tree. And he's like, how come nobody has talked about this? And she's like, well, I don't know if she told her husband, but I think nobody would have believed her anyway. And so he's like, thanks for this information. And he rushes out of there. Now he rushes back to the hospital because he's like, I need to talk to Alicia about this. Like, maybe if I say this, maybe she's like, yes, let me talk about it. I've been waiting to talk about it, right? Yeah. And so he rushes when all of a sudden he arrives and it's fucking chaos. And he looks around, there's guards everywhere. And he's like, what the fuck is going on? Mm -hmm. And he sees Elfie laying on a stretcher with a paintbrush in her eye. Who is Elfie? The girl that she attacked in the beginning. Oh, she like, attacked her again. Mm -hmm. And he's like, there's got to be a reason, right? Yeah. So he walks to where the painting is. And all over it, it had written on it. So Elfie wrote all over it. Alicia's painting. And so she stuck a paintbrush through her eye. And he said this was probably the first time he was scared of her. Even though she tried to attack him, mm -hmm. this was the first time he was like, I'm scared. <laughs> And so Diomedes, the professor, was like, we can't have this anymore. Like, you cannot work with her anymore. We're just going to dope her up on some meds. Like, we're just going to forget that she existed. We're just going to make sure she doesn't die. But obviously, she doesn't want our help. It's not our job. It's not our duty to fix someone who doesn't need our help. But he's like, oh, well, can I have a last couple sessions with her just to say goodbye, just so she doesn't feel like we've abandoned her completely? And he was like, fine, one last session or two, right? Mm -hmm. And so in the next session, they sit there again in silence. And he says, listen, Alicia, like, you know that this is it like I can't help you anymore obviously you drew that painting for a reason maybe you think I can help you now is your chance and she looks up at him she reaches into her pocket and pulls out a tiny journal it's about the size of her palm and she hands it to him without a word and she walks out her journal yeah and so everything we've read up until this point we can kind of assume that Theo is starting there and he reads and now we are reading with Theo on mm -hmm. the new developments and we start with the man that was stalking her she said you know she was painting and she saw a man across the street kind of looking into their house uh -huh. and it was happening day after day and every time she tried to tell anyone they just kept telling her that she's paranoid she's crazy and one day she got so fucking mad at Gabriel now even in her journals you can tell that she's got like some crazy mood swings right and it all starts kind of with Max so Max was coming over for dinner, which is Gabriel's brother, the attorney that he spoke to. And she hates Max because Max tried to assault her and she never told Gabriel. And it's kind of weird the way that she thinks and talks about Gabriel is almost like he is this savior. She never told Gabriel because she doesn't even want to see his face in pain. She never wants to see him cry or upset. And so she just felt like it's okay. She'll handle it by herself. And so Max came over for dinner. She confronted him and he was like, you stupid bitch like you're not gonna tell Gabriel like he's just gross he's disgusting okay wow. and she even writes in her journal like she suspects that Max was trying to come on to her because he is so jealous of Gabriel Gabriel is handsome he is just so attractive he's so talented so well-loved he's famous mm -hmm. and he wants to take everything from Gabriel that he can she's just so disgusted by it but she never lets Gabriel know and then she starts seeing this man following her and so she's like maybe it's Max you know like maybe it's because I can front of him maybe he's following me around maybe it's because he's the inheritor to i don't know his estate i don't fucking know like maybe it's max so she confronts max one time mm -hmm. and he 
called her a stupid bitch and like slapped her hand away but she felt like in that moment that anger was not a lie she felt wholeheartedly it was not max following her she knows max she knows how he has got this temper he's also super proud of like nasty things he does he's not someone who's shameful of like getting caught and so it just it didn't make sense and so she starts looking around the house and constantly it just feels like someone's following her right she tells gabriel he's like you're kind of losing your mind and she's like why don't you believe me and then finally he ends up taking her to a doctor a psychiatrist the same one she saw after she tried to end her life after her dad killed himself and so his name was dr west he prescribed a bunch of medicine he didn't really believe her and gabriel thought that she was taking all this medicine but she really wasn't because she's got to stay alert so the next couple days pass by she's flushing her pills down the toilet because she doesn't want to take them she wants to catch this little stuck in bit and she writes in her journal and this is the last entry in her journal which was Anyways, Gabriel's coming home late today. Wait, I just heard something. I think he's inside the house. And that was her last entry. This is like a scary story. So Theo gets up from his desk and he does two things. The first thing is he walks to the end of the hall and as he's walking, he's thinking to himself, there's no fucking way, there's no fucking way. It's gotta be, it's gotta be something else. And he gets to the end of the hall mm -hmm. and on the door it says, Dr. Christian West. And he slams open the door and Christian's like, what the fuck do you want, right? And he says, you treated Alicia. You treated Alicia before she even came here, before the murder. And he stops eating his lunch and he puts it down and he says, you can't tell anyone. Why is that such an issue? Because he never spoke up at the murder trial. He never spoke up anywhere. And it's like for a therapist and like it's huge conflict of interest because he's the one pretty much in charge of her future. And the fact that they knew each other is not okay. So if he says Alicia's good to go, she might be able to leave. If he says she's got to spend the rest of her life here because she's so sick, then she mm -hmm. could spend the rest of her life there, even if that's not the truth. You can mm -hmm. never treat people, especially in a setting where legal is involved, that mm -hmm. you personally know or you have any sort of investment in. Yeah, but why is he hiding about this fact? I don't know. That's what's sketchy. He's like, you did it. And he's like, listen, I was just a good friend of Gabriel's and he begged me to take this house call like I mean I, why does it even matter I think she's bipolar anyway like my observation hasn't changed nothing changes the fact that she murdered her husband I mean she's just not safe to be at back in society like none of this matters please don't I could lose my job I could lose my license like please don't please don't mm -hmm. and so Theo decides you know what I'd rather have him on my side for now and so he says you're lucky but I'm not gonna say anything as of right now mm -hmm. and he leaves the office now he's so excited because because he finally can tell Alicia that he learned something new. And so he brings Alicia in and he's like, listen, I'm not supposed to be talking to you right now, but thank you for giving me your journal. Here, you can have it back. Anyways, speaking about it, so Christian, huh? He's bad, huh? Because he treated you before the murder happened and now he's acting like, and now he's medicating you, overdosing you. Like maybe he's, maybe he's giving you so much medicine because he doesn't want you to say something. Maybe, did you say something to him before you were admitted here, before the murder happened? And he's thinking all of these things out loud. And Alicia just looks bland. She doesn't look like he's, he, she's, she just is like, she's bland as fuck. So he's like thinking to himself, is that not what I was supposed to get from the journal? Like maybe that's yeah. not what she wants me to get. And so she was like, okay, let's forget about, you know, Christian. What about the man following you? What about that man? And she's again, bland. 
And now we get to Kathy. Now he goes home and his work is going fucking great. Going great? Yeah, like, because he's like reading this journal. He's like oh, understanding okay. all these things. He's like, oh shit, I'm putting pieces together. And Kathy is like, honey, I'm gonna go take a jog in the park. And he's like, this late at night? Like, it's literally 9 p.m. And she's like, yeah, I'm gonna just go take a quick little joggy in the park. And she's like, well, I don't understand. Like, I can come with you, you know? And she's like, no, you know, I need to just rehearse my lines by myself. You get it. And so he's like, okay, have my bread. Your, your bread is done. Oh my bread. <laughs> I was literally about to forget it in there. It's done? I think so. Oh wow, that easy? Yeah. Oh. I have to let it sit for a while, so don't judge the way it looks, okay? So we're gonna let it sit, and then we're gonna dig it. And so he's like, why can't I go to the park with you? And she's all like, well, I need to rehearse my lines, that's freaking why. And so he decides to do the responsible thing and follow his wife to the park. And sure enough, this time, she meets a man. He had a sneaking suspicion that the affair was happening between her and her director because anytime he wanted to hang out with the director, and the director's married by the way, and anytime they, he would suggest like they go on a double date together, she would just be like, no, like it's weird. And so he was always like, that's just kind of weird that I can't, I mean she always talks about her director, she spends so much time with her director, and now I can't even meet her director, just go on a simple dinner with her director. Mm -hmm. And so he was like, I wonder if this is the director. So he follows them into the park, and then he starts hearing some shit. so they find a little you know cleared area like like a kissing rock when you're young they start doing it no and he hears all of it and it's heartbreaking and it's just it's a lot okay so he goes back home fucking devastated now as he's devastated the next day he ends up going to get a call from paul which is alicia's cousin mm. and they have this long chat and he pretty much confides in him that alicia said that she was murdered before and he said what and he said the day after the accident, when mm -hmm. her mom passed away, she was sitting there with me on the rooftop and she was so sad because she loves her mom. Mm -hmm. And her dad got drunk, came outside, and he knew they were on the rooftop. Mm -hmm. And he yelled, why couldn't it be you, nonstop? What the heck? And Alicia turned to her cousin and said, he just killed me. My life is over. Because, I mean, how do you recover yeah, from why something is it like, that? like that? Because he loves his wife. And I guess not his daughter. And so he finds all of this out. He goes back into work and he's like, Alicia, I want to talk to you about your dad. And so they find some quiet time. He asks Yuri to help him bring Alicia into his room. And he goes, listen, I talked to your cousin, Paul. And she looks up and he's like, I know what your dad said to you. I know he killed you first before you ever killed anyone. And honestly, I can relate to you because I got daddy issues too, et cetera, et cetera, right? And she looks up at him and she says, what? She says, what? And she almost looks scared of her own voice because it's been like, what, six, seven years since she's ever spoken a word? And so he's like, did you just say something? Yeah. She's like, I, and she's like so scared, right? Uh -huh. And he's like, it's okay, it's okay. Like, we can keep talking, we can keep talking. Like, just, just take it easy. She's like, I, what? And so she keeps talking and then all of a sudden Yuri knocks on the door and he's like, we gotta go. So they bounce. Why are they gonna go? I don't know. They got places to be. So they just left her? No, no, no. She had to go. She got places to be. Oh, yeah. I see, I see, I see. And so finally, he runs to Diomedes and he's like, listen, she's talking. These are working. You can't stop the therapy sessions. And he's like, you're right, you're right. Continue, continue, right? Uh -huh. And so finally, he has the clearance to have these therapy sessions. The next day, they have another therapy session and Alicia is just talk, 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 talking his ear off. And she's talking about all these crazy things about life, about childhood, about 
art, etc., etc. And he's just sitting there, like, just kind of an amazement. And then finally, she had talked so much leading up to the day of the murder, uh -huh. and she just kind of freezes, like she can't do it. And so he's like, "Okay, it's okay, Alicia. Let's take it easy. You can just tell me tomorrow." And so she's like, "Okay." So then the next day, she comes in, and she starts telling, "Remember that guy?" She says, remember that guy? Remember yeah. where my journal left off? Yeah. Well, that person came into my house. So I heard the noises inside my house. And so I stopped journaling and I went to investigate. And then I was thinking, okay, maybe I am crazy. Maybe they, those weren't noises. And so I went over to the little guest house, which I had converted into an art studio. Uh -huh. And I went in and I thought I was just going to paint away these paranoid feelings because Gabriel was going to come home late. Mm -hmm. And I picked up my paintbrush and in the reflection of the window, I saw a masked intruder. And so he hopped out and he put a knife to my throat, dragged me into the main house. I started screaming and he tied me to a chair and Gabriel called me and I picked up and I told the intruder, listen, Gabriel's going to be home soon. So you should leave before he calls the cops and he finds you and he's going to beat you up, et cetera, et cetera. And then he's like, pick up the phone, put it on speaker. And sure enough, Gabriel said, honey, like just eat dinner first. I'm going to be late today. Uh -huh. And so she's like, what do I do? What do I do? And he goes, let's just wait. And so she's tied up to this chair. He turned off all of the lights in the living room. And uh -huh. finally, Gabriel gets home and he doesn't turn on the light. And wait, he so he just in. tied her up and left her there? No, he's in there with her. He's just in silence with her. And so then Gabriel walks into the house and he's like, Alicia, Alicia. He puts his keys down and he goes, Alicia, why are you sitting on the couch in the, like in the dark? What are you doing? And yeah. so he's about to walk over and she was told not to speak a word because there was a gun pointing directly at Gabriel and uh -huh. all of a sudden the masked intruder uh, comes out of the dark and beats Gabriel in the head with the gun and he passes out Gabriel is now tied to a chair and the masked intruder shoots Gabriel in the face six times and then throws the gun on the ground and leaves and so Theo's looking at her and Theo is Wait, like what did I did I just great 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 i just wasted my entire time like i should have known that this was gonna happen like how manipulative is this first of all that's a stupid story alicia i mean he's not saying this to her but he's thinking it i mean none of this makes sense how did you get untied because the police found you standing by the fireplace you never even mentioned slitting your own wrist like none of yeah. this makes sense first of all gabriel was also shot in the face five times according to the news but now it's six i mean are yeah. you wrong is the police wrong and then how did the police not know about a mass intruder and why didn't you just tell the police about the mass intruder in the first place yeah and so he's like god everyone else was right like she's trying to manipulate me into believing this story so then i would go to the court system and be like nah she's innocent and so he gets mad and so he goes to diomedes and he tells him everything and diomedes is like well obviously you don't believe it right and he's like no obviously not like i know that you think i'm in love with her but i'm not like i got big things to worry about i got shit going on this is stupid and so he goes back home and he's like oh what else could go wrong today and kathy's like I'm going to the park again oh and so he's like oh my god so he follows Kathy to the park and sure enough her and her affair do it in the park and this time he has this feeling he has to figure out who that dude is is it the director I need to know and mm -hmm. so he follows the director home or the affair dude all the way home and when they enter the house he sees that dude kissing his fucking wife and so he's like great fucking great like Kathy is not only breaking up my marriage, but he's breaking up his marriage for what? Just so you guys can be little cheap. 
like really and yeah. so he's like god that poor wife like does she not even know she probably doesn't even know like just like me her life is a lie and mm -hmm. he kind of becomes a little bit loose in the head like you kind of see him get a little bit psychotic and he's like you know what I'm just gonna go in right now punch him in the face and tell them I know everything and I'm gonna call Kathy have her meet us and he's like you know what no I'm not gonna do that I'm gonna be much smarter than that and so he walks away and goes back home. He goes to work and Alicia had a freaking overdose and he's like, oh my God, my life. So Alicia had overdosed on like these pain meds and she was in the ICU, she was in a coma, she was not dead, but she was not alive. She can't talk, she can't do anything. And he's like, what the hell happened? Yeah. And the nurse was like, oh, I think it's my fault. I, I Maybe I left the pill thing open. I, I don't think I did, but I don't know what happened. Yeah. And he starts looking and he just doesn't believe it. Like Alicia was finally starting to talk again why mm -hmm. would she kill herself and so he looks at her wrist and there's a tiny little needle mark okay there's a little bruise and so he's like oh shit. alicia was starting to talk oh my god he runs to diomedes office and he tells him it wasn't an overdose i think christian did it and he goes listen i read alicia's diary i don't have it with me i gave it back to her but when she wakes up she can she can tell you because she's talking now christian used to treat her you can look it up you can ask christian he's gonna admit to it blah 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 mm -hmm. and so diomedes is like if he tried to murder her we no. need to call the cops so suddenly the entire place gets swarmed with cops it's all over the headlines alicia almost murdered etc etc she's back in the news and he's about to walk to his car because i mean his shift is over he's been at the hospital way too long uh -huh. and max approaches him the brother-in-law he starts screaming at him like i'm gonna sue this place i can't believe you let my sister-in-law overdose etc etc and he's like listen i can't handle this today and tanya's like come on babe let's go home like just file a lawsuit it's gonna be okay and then all of a sudden max starts crying like my poor alicia so it's really weird because oh you start feeling gosh. like max genuinely like in a sick twisted way loved alicia and even his wife saw it because his wife just started kind of crying and walked back to the car by herself and he was just screaming my alicia what the heck anyways so now we're back to kathy's lover he's got a lot on his plate and so he's finally like you know what i have been stalking this dude i've been stalking kathy and i'm just gonna tell his wife because if i can't leave kathy and i'm living in this hell i don't want the dude's wife to live in hell too mm -hmm. and so he's like i've been watching them for a couple days they seem to have a good marriage it seems like she doesn't know it doesn't seem like they have an open relationship and it's not an entanglement mm -hmm. and so he's like i'm just gonna go i'm just gonna go knock on the door and i'm gonna tell her mm -hmm. but what if i don't knock on the door what if i just kind of like maybe i'll meet her in her backyard and so he walks into her backyard and he said he started getting this thrill and she, she had just walked in to her guest house. Mm -hmm. And so he walks into the back of the guest house, mm -hmm. opens the back door, puts down his mask, and she had picked up a paintbrush. What? And she looks into the window, and she screamed. Maybe she had seen his knife first. And that was the day he first met Alicia. So this is the point when you realize that you have an unreliable narrator is what you call it, which means the person narrating has their timelines, you know, they're, co they're confusing you. They're playing a joke on you. Theo is an unreliable narrator because all along we thought all of this was happening in consecutive order. All of his wife's cheating was happening while he was working, but it actually wasn't. He was telling us a story. Oh my God. And you realize that he was the masked intruder. What? And then we get back to Alicia's last entry in her journal. 
yeah. which was taking place at the mental institution. She scribbled down, Theo just left my room. I need to write this down. I didn't know this. She's still writing. Yeah. Even. No, this was the only entry after. Oh. And she said, I need to write this down. I had to be sure. I knew the first day I met him, even though I was so dragged up, I knew something about him was familiar, the way that he talked. But I didn't really know until they lowered my drug dosage. And then he said, Alicia, I just want to help you. I want to help you see things clearly. And that's when it clicked. That's exactly what the mass intruder said that day on August 25th. I attacked him out of anger. And then, and then I thought, maybe I was wrong. Maybe I was wrong. And so I drew that painting, his reaction. Everything was the same. I gave him the journal. Everything was the same until I started talking. And I really started putting two and together. I just had to find out if this was the guy. So here's what happened. If the police ever find this, this is what happened. Theo came in, he was wearing a mask, and he held a knife, and he found the guns in our house, and he pointed me, and he told me to do all of these things. He tied me up to a chair, he held me at gunpoint, Gabriel said that he was coming home late, and I, I told him, please don't hurt Gabriel, I love Gabriel more than anything, please hurt me, don't hurt Gabriel. Gabriel yeah. comes home, and he ends up tying Gabriel up too, mm -hmm. and we were facing opposite ways. So Gabriel's tied up looking this way, I'm tied up looking this way, and mm -hmm. all of the lights are off. I just keep screaming, like, don't, hate don't hurt Gabriel, don't hurt Gabriel, right? Mm -hmm. And he says, listen, Gabriel, this is Theo in the mask. I was going to kill you, but your wife is telling me not to. So how about this? I give you a choice. You or your wife. And so he's like, Gabriel's like, I can't choose. And so he's like, 10, 9. And Alicia's like, it's okay, Gabriel. I know you love me. I love you. He's going to kill both of us. I know it. Please, I love you so much, Gabriel. You know that, right? I love you. And he's counting. Gabriel's silent. And Alicia's like, tell me you love me. I know you love me, Gabriel. Yeah. Silent. And she goes, just say you love me. Silent. And then finally, three, two, one. And Gabriel says, I don't want to die. Wow. So Theo in the mask walks over to Alicia. And he says, you see, he's a coward. And he's f***ing my wife. He's going behind your back. So I'm sorry. But now that you know, I think you'd be better off dead. And he points his gun to the ceiling and he fires it and he tells Alicia to be quiet. And so Gabriel's screaming, Alicia, Alicia, oh, oh my God, what did you do? Killed. What did you do? I can't believe you killed my wife. I can't believe you killed my wife. How dare you kill my wife? Gabriel's freaking out, but Alicia's alive. And she was in shock because she just found out, okay, first of all, a gun just went off. Um, secondly, her husband's cheating on her. Thirdly, her husband's a fucking coward. And so she's like, what the fork? And so he unties Alicia drops the gun at her feet and walks away. And he even kissed her on the cheek. So he unties Alicia, kisses her on the cheek and whispers, I just wanted you to see. And throws the knife or throws the gun on the floor and walks away. I just so, wanted you to see. Like who your husband is, like what kind of life you're living. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. 
To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's what he said later yeah. too. Because it's kind of like the vibe of like, if your husband cheats, it's one thing. But then like, what if they're like, no, baby, I'll do anything to get you back. But then you realize, no, they wouldn't. Like, they don't even, you know, in a yeah. situation like this, they're such a coward. So she gets up from her chair. She grabs the knife and Gabriel's crying like, Alicia, Alicia. And she stands in front of Gabriel and he's like, oh my God, thank God you're alive, right? Mm-hmm. And she grabs the gun and she says in her journal, I didn't kill Gabriel, he killed me. All I did was pull the trigger. So she just writes about how she never deserved love. She thought Gabriel was saving her, but in reality he ruined her, etc., etc. Uh huh. And she shot him five times in the face. Why did she do that? Anger? She was obviously unstable. At this point, she's in this coma. She wrote this. She slips into a coma, and everyone's cleaning out her room because they need to give it to another patient. So, all of the nurses, everyone's there, and Theo's there. She's dead or? She's, she's alive, yeah, but they want to give her room to someone else because she's not okay. using it. She's in like a hospital now. And so, they are cleaning up all of her stuff, and she had painted some of the nurses in like a little sketchbook, so not like a big mm -hmm. canvas. And he was like, You should take these. You know, and I was like, Wow, like. Maybe she likes me. This is a good picture. And mm -hmm. everyone's like, you don't want to take the picture of the one that she drew on that big canvas? And he's like, no. First of all, I smell it. Oh, no. Ooh, this is what I saw online. Boom. Well, that looks good, no? Oh, yeah. Should we eat it now or? I think we should cool. wait. Alright, fine. And so they're cleaning and he, they're like, you don't want to take that big canvas. And he's like, no. And now you hear his like inner monologue again. And he's like, I don't really like it for some reason. Uh -huh. I never liked that painting. It just, it feels like Alicia was toying with me. Like she knew that I was the person who intruded her house. He's thinking all these things. And you also find out that he said in his own head, he would have never done that if he knew how unstable Alicia was. He never knew that Alicia was gonna end up killing Gabriel because technically he didn't kill Alicia, he didn't kill Gabriel, he just let them know what's going on. But he knew that Alicia was weird because she was testing him. She recognized him, I mean, she had to. And all of this was just poetic justice, you know, technically. And he had to get rid of her. So he injected her with painkillers and he let Christian take the fall. It's kind of poetic justice. I mean, now that she's talking and she's willing to say all these things, there's no way he can lose his own job for Alicia. I mean, he had no idea Alicia was gonna kill Gabriel. Like, it's not really his fault. You know, obviously, if people find out, it's gonna be his fault legally, so he can't risk it. Mm -hmm. I mean, he feels guilty about it, but he's really glad that the dosage that he gave Alicia didn't kill her. Now she's just asleep. So he can visit her every day and talk to her and hold her hand. But, um, Anyways, well, oh yeah, I was here for the journal. And so he keeps looking for the journal. He turns the entire room upside down. They can't find the fucking journal. All the nurses had left and he's like, where the fuck is that journal? Uh -huh. So he's like, oh, whatever. So he walks away and he leaves. So he's going to work. He's seeing other patients. He's holding Alicia's hand every day. He's visiting her while she's in the coma. Also, his life with Kathy is not going great. Kathy. She's no longer an actress. She's gained a ton of weight. She only eats potato chips and watches TV. It's like she's depressed or something. She's on antidepressants. And it almost looks like she, every now and then, will look at him, will look at her husband, Theo, and want to say something about Gabriel and want to say something about, like, I had an affair and then he was killed, right? Uh -huh. But then she won't. I mean, it's all funny, really, because he did all of this so that he could keep Kathy, but he ended up losing her anyway, so. And then one day, he's hanging out with Kathy, and they get a knock on the door, and it's a police officer. 
it's huh. Detective Allen. And he says, hi, can I talk to you about what's going on with Christian West? You know, I think he's a shady, shady dude. I just want another statement. And yeah. so he invites him in, they sit down, and he's like, yeah, Christian's a shitty dude. And then he goes, yeah, but I was also thinking about something. So John Felix received paintings that were done inside of the mental institution. And wedged behind the canvas of the painting was a little journal. And so he handed it over to the police, and I'd love to read you her last entry. And so he goes reading, Theo just left, and he reads the whole thing to Theo, and Theo says, in that moment, I was just calm, and I looked outside at the snow falling. And that's the end. That's the fucking end of the book. So he's over. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's got caught, he's done. It's pretty good, no? Yeah, so what happened to, um, she's... Uh, just forever in a coma. coma. Whoa, that's kind of cool. Is it fluffy? Can you, yeah, can you show them up close? I can't even see. Holy shit, it's a... Marshmallow. It's so fluffy. It's a marshmallow. Mmm. 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 Mm. Do you like it? It's pretty good. Will you show them the pink? Mmm. I should have added some like vanilla extract. It's wow. Good. What do you think about the story? What I think it's so after? trippy. See, I was expecting a plot twist like he's our stalker, he's loved her all along, blah, 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 blah. You know, or something with Gabriel, maybe he was abusive, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. But I wasn't expecting him and his wife and the whole plot line to be like... Mm. Pretty good. Mm. 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 Honestly, it's a good read. It's a good read? Probably like 8.5 to 9 out of 10. Mm. Wow. Mm -hmm. mm. It's kind of creepy though. The whole atmosphere makes you uncomfortable for a couple days. Yeah. Yeah. And afterwards, you looked at me very weird. <laughs> <laughs> it makes you think people will say shit like, I will die for you. I'll take a bullet for you. Bruno Mars, I'm looking straight at you right now. I'm calling you out. But will they really? So if you guys are interested in more books, let me know because I read a ton of books. They're usually all thriller, all mystery. I don't know if people like it because I know true crime has the same appeal that I'm attracted to, which is the fact that it's real, it's dark, it's heavy, it's intense, it's kind of crazy. But with mystery books, are you guys into it? Do you guys like these summaries or are you like, no spoilers, please? And if you guys want me to make it into a series, I already have a name for it. What? You know how there's making a murderer? I'm going to call it baking a murderer. Actually, like I bake while I talk about these books, but then I realized that baking a murderer sounds like I'm a cannibal. So, Mitten, that let's put that back on the conference table up for discussion. Let me know. I hope you guys enjoyed today's story, and I'll see you guys tomorrow. 